This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. And welcome to the Vedic Wisdom. Thank you for being with us today. I'd like to talk to you today about a video I heard recently by a leading truther, uh, social advisor, person who's encouraging you and I to wake up, to raise above our programmed status of consciousness. And in this particular program, he ventured from his geopolitical and his social level of discussion and ventured into the subject of reincarnation. And I listened to his program more than once and saw so many irregularities and mental speculations about the system, the process, the reason, the authority involved in the reincarnation process. Now, we know from the Vedic literature that the reincarnation is a karmetic balance. What good you do is recorded, what bad you do is recorded, and that mix of percentage of your lifetime is reflected into your next lifetime, that you get the same percentage of good and the same percentage of bad. And how you react and how you handle yourself and make decisions you make, the use of your free will, shall we say, determines how well that goes for you and how much karmetic reaction you earn in the next life. This person was bringing forward so many misconceptions about that and the resultant. They understood that, as described in the Vedic literature, we're supposed to strive to get out of the cycle of birth and death because it's an unnatural state for an eternal living entity. So, to raise yourself above the karmetic cycle is described in Vedic literature as more or less outside of your control. You can improve your karma or you can degrade your karma and thereby your next life. But to actually be able to stop the cycle of birth and death, you have to come to a transcendental consciousness. Now, transcendental consciousness immediately means you have to make contact with the transcendental world, the transcendental Lord, and the Lord's transcendental devotional service. And this is achieved by the surrender to the spiritual master as one who has come into the material world but is not controlled by it. He has come here to deliver the message of Godhead without adulteration. And he is here to liberate the consciousness and those living entities who have achieved a level of consciousness that they have earned the opportunity to move to back to the spiritual world. And so they have the misconception that you have to, during the cycle of your next birth, that you have to come back to earth. And this is not supported in the Vedic literature. You go to any of the planets in this universe. We have the material scientist concept that, oh, we're the only life in, on this planet. And the Vedic literature says, no, it's the opposite. There is life on every planet. The Vedic literature says that the planets are congested with living entities, all of them, 
in multiple different forms, just like our planet is congested with living entities in multiple types of forms. So the recycling concept of birth and death is not limited to this earthly planet. It is limited to this universe. Now there's also a misconception I'll take a moment to clarify, and that is anything that's possible for us to see or achieve or conceive is still within this universe. The way scientists are describing our universe, and there's other universes here and there's other suns, that's all nonsense. They do not know what they're talking about, and they can't go to prove it. And yet the Vedic literature describes the structure of 14 planetary systems, the higher, the lower, the middle planetary systems, how it works. The bottom half of the universe is full of water. The top half is full of all these planets. The size of the universe, length and width, is fully defined. The type of shell that it constitutes is fully defined. So... It's not an unknown like scientists want to make you think. It's just that they don't know. But the saints and sages of the Vedic literature through uh, ancient times to this very day are well aware of how the universe is made. It's even its duration and the different cycles of consciousness and ages that it goes through. So this is all revealed in the Vedic literature. It's not an unknown as this person was trying to say. Now, another point I want to bring up now is, he's saying, if your memory is lost at death, what happens to the lessons you've learned? Well, we've covered this before, but I'll briefly cover it again, and that is, the Lord accompanies the living entity within the heart as his super-soul expansion, just as a candle can light another candle and another and another and another, and none of them be diminished and at the same time they all still have the characteristics of heat and light, is the similar process, a similar example, of the Lord's ability to expand himself into multiple forms and still retain total overview consciousness. You and I are conscious of one body, but the super-soul is conscious of all bodies. He is the witness He is the one who witnesses the quality of your activities and your work and your intention and rewards you fairly. What good you do, good is reflected. What bad you do, bad is reflected. Now, the Lord is so kind, he gives you 1% more good than you deserved so that every living entity has the opportunity to advance And each life will be slightly better. Take as many lives as you want, but it will at least be slightly better than you earned by your independent decisions. That is the causeless mercy and benevolent nature of the Supreme Lord. So this person has no knowledge of the super soul. Therefore, he's saying, who are you to tell me that I have to take birth again, or that I have to lose my memories, or that I get to go back to the spiritual world? Well, this is called godlessness. That they don't know that God is watching, God is caring, God is helping. He has benevolently set up this system where you are able to, in 3D reality, experience your desires without the concept that God is witnessing it. So that you can feel, experience, etc., these activities, fulfillment of your desires, without there being a limitation of someone watching you or judging you. 
but the resultant you earn will be returned. So he has even gone on to say he thinks that there is a controlling AI, artificial intelligence, when actually what he's looking at is the original intelligence, the supreme personality of Godhead, the cause of all causes, in his partial expansion as the supersoul, the paramatma. That is an intelligence, an all-encompassing intelligence. And we, as living entities, we are minute intelligence with minute free will. As we've said before, our constitutional position is to render service, and we do that unknowingly, unconsciously, automatically, wherever we incarnate, whatever environmental conditions we are under. So he's not aware of these things, and he thinks that if I lose my memories, all record is lost. When actually that's not true. The Lord says in Bhagavad Gita, I remember all of your lives. He says, millions of years ago, this science was explained to the sun god, and you were there with me, but you've forgotten, and I have not. So this is our status. We would be too burdened, way too burdened, with thousands of lifetimes worth of families, of histories, attachments, experiences, fears, and joys, to be able to live this particular life with a free heart and make untainted decisions because these past lives would cause us to reconsider facets and aspects and factors that no longer exist so we need to have a clean slate to be able to see things in in the now with a free heart and an open consciousness such that we change our intent by making the right decisions of our own free will the Lord is not imposing upon your free will. Never does, never has. So you use your free will without the contamination of multiple lives of memories and attachments and concerns and fears and what have you when the memory is wiped. But the Lord remembers it all and it is not lost. So in his, let's say, dictating to you the resultant of your life's karmetic balance, and how that is going to play out into your next life, is done fairly. In fact, the Lord actually deputes some of the 33 million demigods in this universe as part of his administrative staff of the universe, that many of the living entities are handled by different demigods empowered to do just that, guide the living entity fairly into their next life. It's stated in the Bhagavad Gita that the devotees of the Lord, those who enter into devotional consciousness, that raise above selfishness and come to selfless service to God, they are handled directly by the Supreme Personality of Godhead in determining their next birth, their next assignment in devotional service, their worthiness to leave the material cycle of birth and death and return to the spiritual world as opposed to this material universe. So these concepts are missing in the analysis of this person, and he therefore denies the importance of the in, his intuition, which is the super-soul, giving you good advice, and he arrogantly challenges, who are you to tell me what I have to do? When he does not have the power, 
the intelligence, the energy, the strength to govern those factors. They are by higher authority. We see in this material world, we've discussed this before, that there are different hierarchical structures. We, in the human form, we are above many of the lower species, but we see that the demigods who run the material nature are above us, and nature, the earth, that is all above us. And further, there are high-level demigods who are managing the administration of this universe that are again way above us. So on one hand, we can control below us, but on the other hand, we cannot control above us. And he doesn't want to accept that there's anything above him. But this mentality of rejecting the superiority of the Supreme Lord is what causes him to take a birth in the material world to begin with. He doesn't want to follow the system as it is. He doesn't want to render selfless devotional service. He wants to be independent to do anything he can conceive. If you want to do that, that's fine. But you have to do it in the material world. So we are all here because of that basic consciousness. And he's sitting back having no respect for God and no respect for the universal management of this universe and the administrators of the universe. And he's misdefining uh, his position. He should be, according to the Vedic literature, one must approach a spiritual master and one must approach a supreme personality of Godhead in a humble state of mind. To challenge, one becomes closed, blocked, to hearing transcendental knowledge, which is above the mundane senses. Our five basic knowledge-accumulating senses are imperfect, so we may do our very best to figure things out or to do things right, but because the senses we're using, the tools we're using are imperfect, our resultant ends up imperfect. And he's not looking at it like that. He's going, I can figure it out for myself. I don't need anything better than what I already have, and this is just my foolishness. The reality and the explanation of the universe, material world, spiritual world, the time factor, the law of karma, the supreme lord, the living entities, the interaction and relationship and perspectives are all beyond the material capacity of a human body with its imperfect senses, mind, and intelligence. This is why the Vedic literature says it, you must, the word must is used, you must accept a bona fide spiritual master who is not within the cycle of material birth and death. He has come here of his own volition to assist you in awakening your consciousness to the true facts that are beyond your perception and understanding. But when it's explained to you, transcendental knowledge enters the ear and purifies the heart. And you can understand it then, and then you're able to act to your own best interest, not frivolously and sometimes right, sometimes wrong. We have the situation that our engagement and thereby our vibration rate improves and increases the more we become purified of negative karma and the more we associate with the transcendental sound vibration coming from the spiritual master and the Vedic literature. Now, to further this advancement, the Lord has been so kind that he has created the Maha Mantra, which is the ultimate sound vibration for purification and liberation 
from the cycle of birth and death. So this person needs to be advised of the importance and the significance of the Mahamantra that was delivered as a mercy, as a rapid method for advancement in this age when we're so short-lived and when we're restricted by imperfect senses, mind, and intelligence. The Lord is well aware of the restrictions and the handicaps we are struggling with in this age, and out of his causeless mercy, he inaugurated the chanting of the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra as the tool for this age, and he gave the instruction, there is no other way, there is no other way, there is no other way than the chanting of the Maha Mantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So this is the corrective method for this age. It is being spread all over all of the planets in this universe that the Vedic literature has a solution and it is inaugurated, controlled, authorized by the Supreme Personality of Godhead that he is sending his transcendental representatives, servants, and spiritual masters all over the universe to enliven the living entities, to inform them of this great concession that's been made, to give everyone a chance to achieve supreme perfection in one lifetime. Now, this should make this uh, speculator very happy to hear that he doesn't have to go lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. If he follows the process that's been inaugurated by the causeless mercy of the Lord, he can make such advancement in this very life that he does not have to worry about the cycle of birth and death. This concern over the cycle of birth and death shows his limited level of realization that he has not yet come to the platform of knowing about the Maha Mantra and understanding if he employs it free, independently, anytime he wants, anywhere he wants, under any circumstances, good, bad, or indifferent, he can employ this Maha Mantra, protect himself from the cycle of birth and death, and purify himself, raise his vibration, if you will, to the platform where he is qualified to return to the spiritual world and automatically stop the cycle of birth and death. So we've discussed before that the spiritual master is here not to save you from death. He's here to save you from rebirth. The mercy of the spiritual master is he explains the Vedic literature to you, hands you the Maha Mantra, engages you in devotional service, encourages you to follow this process with faith and determination, and you don't have to care about karma. You don't have to care about rebirth. You don't have to care about the cycle of birth and death and birth and death. This is described in the Vedic literature as the real problems and the real solution in this age. We're concerned so much about money and education and information and a host of other issues and sufferings we're living with, struggling with. But the real problems is this old age and death. We don't want to get old. We do not want to die. We do not want imperfect senses. We do not want to be in ignorance. So these things can all be solved by the causeless mercy of the spiritual master, delineating the Vedic literature and delivering the Maha Mantra. So our opportunity is in accepting and following the spiritual master, 
not in a challenging mood, but in one of humbly approaching the spiritual master and requesting, Please advise me of my duty. Please explain to me who I am. Please explain how I got here and where I go at death and how I can relieve myself from this cycle of birth and death, which is sometimes wonderful and sometimes horrible. We're encouraging you. Read the Vedic literature, Bhagavad Gita as it is. Everything you require to stop the cycle of birth and death is there. Chant the Maha Mantra. If you chant the Maha Mantra as much as you can, remembering it, hearing it, vibrating it, raises your vibration rate, it raises your consciousness level, it purifies your previous karma, it nullifies your previous karma, it makes you qualified to return back home, back to Godhead. And if you humbly serve the spiritual master, he is kind enough that he will actually accept your previous karma and wipe the slate clean through an initiation process. And after that initiation process, if you follow his instructions, you do not incur more karma. You are guaranteed that you will go back to the spiritual world, back home, back to Godhead, at the end of this very life. This is an amazing, wonderful, selfless, loving opportunity delivered to the living entities through the spiritual master on behalf of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. For you, in this age, whether you understand this in the beginning or not, it will work. The power of the Maha Mantra is invincible and it will deliver everyone, anyone, from the cycle of birth and death. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.